local humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com Want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look, but that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, six to eight on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday 7 to 9 with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. Take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant and 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com, that's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. radio.fm it's a great place to listen to crazy things yeah still having some all right okay <laughs> and now here we go the dead kennedy is with take this job and shove it <laughs> take this job and shove it i ain't running no Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Stop moving in this hole. Stop it with the door. And I got to stay my way. Walking out the door. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. And I've been with this factory from now 
Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches, hitting switches, going back to riches. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their, their variety. Time for some call me Tim. All right, uh, welcome to some call me Tim. Today is 4:18 to time stamp it for you peeps. 4:18. It's almost 4:20. We have Juwan Rubin on the program today yes, to do. talk about what's going on. Juwan, I haven't met you before, but we have friends in common, so I, yes. I trust I trust that you are... A, 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 if you want to listen, you can. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, you can hear the trippy music behind us. Nice. Uh, so... Yeah, we never met before. We've never met before. Yeah. So but I don't you know. saw I the post. Know, saw the post on Facebook on Bacon. Uh, bacon is... Uh, I don't want to tell too many people about bacon because I like to keep it as exclusive as possible. The, uh, the 7,500 people that are yeah. part of bacon. Yeah, it's super exclusive. <laughs> a lot of fucking people. Yeah. And then there's also, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a Google Doc of all the uh, different shows in the area. So if you're a comedian and you want to know what's going on, then go to bacon and find out, you know, if there's an open mic near you. So, yeah, I saw your post and... Uh, yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm down to do a little bit of radio or whatever we got going on here. I guess yeah. there's a podcast and all that. Yeah, uh, it, we're not we're not terrestrial, but we are on the internet. So, uh, so on this show, the first thing I usually have you do is look deep into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus. All right. And uh, and I ask, do you believe in Jesus? Do I believe in Jesus? I believe, I believe there was a, a man historically named Jesus oh. who came from Nazareth. That's historical. That's in, uh, you know, that's in his history books. Uh, as far as everything that's that goes on in the Bible, I also believe that as well. Really? Yes, I do believe the, everything that was going on in the Bible. Like I'm, Noah and the ark and yes. Jonah and the whale? All that. All, all that. that. All and right. So, and so just to pre- uh, preface this, uh, I am an act- I am actually a minister. Really? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so this this conversation uh, of, of, will of, be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I used to be a religious zealot. What does so, that mean? Um, 
I was I was one of the kids I was on fire for Jesus as a child. Oh, like, you're a Jesus freak. I was a Jesus freak. I was <laughs> I went to Christian school. I was I was all about my 33-year-old invisible friend that I got to talk to all the time. Nice. All, solving all my problems. Nice. <laughs> uh, but I went I went to I mean I was in a Christian school for kindergarten through seventh grade and uh, really involved in the church until uh, college. So okay. I what know happened the in stories. college? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. So what happened was we got had turned a, out, huh? but we had a big, we had a, and I was, no, I was, a, I was a virgin until I got married. Um, okay. I mean, I was very like, I didn't want anybody to see me naked. That was weird. Jesus shamed me into okay. that whole, into not getting an STD. Thanks Jesus. High five. High five um, so, oh, it's great. But, um, we had a mega church kind of in a very rich town and our pastor who we revered and thought was this amazing person. Um, he basically was sleeping with all the women that he was having one-on-one counseling with. Wow. And so he would be on the pulpit and he would talk about his three children and his wife and how much he loved them and all this stuff. And then he was having sex with like, they didn't know if it was was between nine and 18 women. Wow. Who were all, and he was like saying, he was sort of using God as a way to get them to do it. Like I have to help, like I'm the go between, between you and God. And it was kind of like, right, terrible, right? (laughs) So when that happened, like my whole world just shat. I was like, everything I believe in is lies. Wow, it took us one guy having uh, maybe halfway consensual sex with 18 women. (laughs) Right, and it was like, but it was that I had been taught to revere this person, right? Like. And so it just, for me, that was rough. Yikes. I'm so sorry that had to happen to you, you know? I mean, it was, but I'm a much, I'm much better as like a crazy feminist than I was as a, as a religious zealot. I was annoying. I was like one of those, like walk up to you in the mall and be like, you need, is your life going to be, are you going to be saved by Jesus Christ? Like, is everything going to be okay with you? Like, I'm worried about you and I don't want you to go to hell. And so for God's love, the world, he gave his own begotten son. We should talk. And people are like, Whoa, on fire for Christ. Get out of here. Nice. Nice. But that was, you know, I don't do that anymore. You don't do that anymore. So, so that was the defining moment for you. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. What, what do you want to know? Uh, well, I mean, mean, whatever, what makes you, so you, you believe that like God exists and has a plan for your life and that yes. you're a tool in his ca- toolcase toolkit. Like sure. I want to know what, like how you, well, so, with- well, let's, let's start at the very beginning. Okay. So the very beginning in the beginning, you know, God made heaven and the earth. So we have to define who God is first. So I think what happens is, um, a lot of people, so, I, okay, so let's go a little bit further back. So Plato, right? Uh-huh. Plato was a, a, a philosopher, the, uh, the, f- the founder of all science really right now, right? And what he said was that the word doesn't matter. It's not the word that matters. It's the idea behind the word that is re- that's real. The words aren't real. Words are the way that we communicate with each other. But the idea. So if I t- if I say uh, if I say the word chair, you might think of something that has a back with four legs, right? But a horse also has a back with four legs, right? Right. So it's really what goes into your mind. And so what happened was now fast forward, Hollywood. Uh, basically gave us images of who God is because there's because in the Bible it says no one has ever seen the face of God nobody has right right uh, Moses saw a burning bush a couple other people saw visions or whatnot but then ne- no one's ever seen the face of God no living person and so 
when you think of the idea of God, uh, Hollywood has kind of painted him as this big, you know, white guy with gray hair in the sky. Right. 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 The Zeus kind of thing. Yeah. The so Zeusian I God. think that's kind of where it came from. Right. Is they try to, you know, make it make sense. But really, if you the, the idea of God is that he's omnipresent. He's everything. Everything is God. Mm. Me, I'm God. You're God. This, you know, the walls are God. Everything is God. Right. And so from there the space between atoms right the space between atoms because that's like that's the weird thing is, is you're sitting in a chair right but that chair is basically a bunch of empty space right because if you look on the you know cellular level and atomic level right there's all this space in between these things that are moving around yet that's a chair definitely so it's like the space yeah right. and I actually I have a book on my website juanrubin.com um, so in my book I talk about this where it's that God is just a life force and you oh. can call it whatever you want I may call it God you may call it God somebody else might call it the force somebody else might call sure. it mother mother nature someone else might call fate. it Allah you know fate you know sure. whatever these these are just words that we attach to the idea did now I, I, I this is a technical question but in revelations uh, John in his visions never saw God he saw the beast with the six six he no. saw the headed things he saw the he saw crazy stuff a and bear frog or something but and it's funny no um, God. Um, you know I don't know you might want to google this but most a lot of ministers don't preach on revelations because john the revelator john the revelator he was uh, he was actually yeah he got he got banned right and he was on this island by himself with his servant so he technically didn't write revelations his servant did huh. and he secluded himself in a cave with a bunch of uh, incense and other things going on, and that's how he told his his servant to write Revelations. So, a lot of reason why a lot of ministers don't preach out of Revelations. Some do, but not a lot of them do, because technically John was high. He was high. Yeah, he was smoking that that cave yeah. fungus, some weird cave fungus yeah. that has like. And that's how he PC saw the visions. Yeah. Sure. Well, and they say that when Jesus, when people try to scientifically reconstruct construct some of the miracles and, and now with the legalization of marijuana what a miracle but they say that cannabinoids and cannabis were grown at that point right. and when the Jewish priests they would be anointed they weren't just like anointed with oil like hit a little on your head right. they were like physically dipped in these huge vats of oil that had like all of these herbs and things going on and like yeah. probably cannabis yeah yeah and so because India was right there yeah and that I mean that was growing around I mean things moved around we know that there were trading routes and whatnot yeah. but so they literally like anoint them and so they'd yeah. have visions yeah, yeah because they'd i don't know emotionally and physically prepared yeah and that, and i hope they don't get in trouble for saying this but i mean nowhere in the bible is it safe you not to smoke marijuana sweet right well it says body's a temple and yeah, i guess but smoking but marijuana is, is good for you so you know it's kind of helping your temple it's not destroying it unless you talk about like current carcinogens and all that then in that case you do like a vape pen or you sure. do edibles yeah. but um yeah there's nothing real there's nothing technically a, a wrong with it it's just you know you have these traditions like i i grew up in the Baptist church, so ah. they're very rigid, very uh, conservative. But you're not a Baptist, Baptist minister. I am a Baptist. You minister. are a Baptist minister. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm yeah, I'm licensed through the Baptist church. Wow. <laughs> wow. But I'm a I'm eclectic. My views are very because yeah, you already that's pretty mind blowing with the platonic chair theory, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, so you're a Baptist minister. Yes, ma'am. That's great. So, but you worship. You never swear. 
You don't. So I do swear. So I mean, okay. so okay, we can go into actual scripture if you want. I mean, like the when Jesus says to refrain from using profanity. If you look up the word profanity, profanity just means any words that you use that will make someone uncomfortable or or, oh. or demean them in any way, huh. right? So if I'm if I'm in a conversation with someone and I know socially it's uh, these are quote unquote cuss words, and actually let's even back up a little bit more. Why are these the f word and the sh word bad words? If you know, right? So I had a psychology teacher. He's, he studied linguistics, and he told me a story. So I'm gonna tell you this story, okay? It basically goes like this. So in England, right? Because that's where English comes from. In England, before England was in a country, there was two uh, uh, major tribes, and they were at war with each other, right? And so. One of the tribes, uh, which we, we can call them English, on their armor during battle, they would write on their armor, fornicate and defecate. Huh. Was basically meant that they were going to rape your women and crap all over your land. Right? right. Sure, sure. So in retaliation, the other tribe wrote on their armor the same thing, but in their language, fucka and shitta. Huh. Right. And so needless to say, the English tribe won. And so that became uh, the other tribe became the forbidden language. You weren't supposed to speak that language. Yeah. And so when you talk about like our, you know, Baptist, conservative Baptists, yeah, technically, you know, they they don't cuss. A lot of Christians don't cuss, quote unquote cuss. Uh, but that, that's just a misconception of what, you know, profanity is. Right. right? That's just the for, forbidden language. Well, so if I'm talking. So fast forward. So if I if I'm talking to someone and I know socially it's not acceptable to use those words, then I'm not all, you know, automatically going to use them because I know I might be pro, uh, be profaning them, right? right. Um, however, if I'm in a conversation and someone's dropping an F-bomb, S-H-bomb, then that gives me free range to do it as well because I know it's not going to offend them. Right. And there's also a cultural context. When I hear people, when I'm on the bus and somebody has hip-hop music on that has very bad words in it, mm. I don't say anything unless there's children. And mm. if there's kids, I kind of put like the moral kibosh on it. I'm like, can you put your headphones on? There's kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. just because... Well, that's I don't stupid swear in general. They shouldn't be playing music. Well, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't swear in front of children because I don't think it's appropriate. I feel like uh, these are words that we get to use when we're adults because we understand the language and we know how to use them yeah. and we know context. And so I don't want to do them in front of children. Yep. So that's the only reason. So it's it's moral. It's more like an I don't know an integritous ethical stance on swear. But I swear. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, I'm a, yeah, I do stand-up, so I'm yeah. constantly swearing yeah. and talking about profane and ridiculous ideas. Off top, yeah. yeah. And when I first started doing com- I've been doing comedy for about seven, eight years now. Oh, so wow. When I first started doing it, I wasn't a minister, so I, you know, my comedy is a little more raunchy. And then when I came became a minister, it's like, well, okay, I should clean, probably clean this up, you know, clean up my acts. And sure. it was a very difficult thing to do to, you know, not use profanity and not, you know, not, not go off the cuff with cuss words and even just the subject matters, you know, having to change subject. Well, when you write sermons, you write a whole sermon every week, right? You write an hour or half hour long speech. For the most part, I either either I write it manuscript or I just write notes. Because you you've got a captive audience. You can if you can write clean material, you can do a thirty minute set every Sunday. That's great. <laughs> Basically, for twice for two different, two different shows. Thirty minutes. It's kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, come on, that's great. It's kind of like that's that. That's super yeah. cool. I mean, but it has to come from the word. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, but you I, can do, make... I throw jokes in there. I have tons of jokes about feminism in the Bible. 
yeah. Ruth and Esther. Let me hear one. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you obviously know the book of Ruth, so I don't have to. Th- there's there's two books in the Bible that are specifically named after women, and so right. I figure Ruth as a feminist, Esther. I yeah. should, you know, do a little study into those. So what I learned um, from the book of Esther mm-hmm. is that um, what you have to do as a woman is have a hot rack and not look Jewy. <laughs> so her name was Hadassah. Uh-huh. They're like, oh girl, you gotta cut that out. You gotta. Your name is not Hadassah. Your name is Esther. They basically put her in with the concubines of the king after he 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 kicks out his queen Vashti because she won't dance around naked in front of his drunk buddies. And then he's like, I'm gonna get another hot bitch up in my crib. And then he's like, you know, change your name. Don't be Hadassah. Be Esther. And then she saves the entire Jewish people. How? She good at puzzles? Is she like? She's an incredible vocalist. She's an amazing musician. No, she has a hot rack and doesn't look Jewy. That's basically what I learned from the book of Esther. Thank you, God. Nice, I know exactly one. what to do with it. I know exactly what I should do as a feminist. That's um, awesome. Thank you. See, that you was... get it because oh, you've read, yeah. you read the book. So yeah. when I do that joke, if people don't have any biblical knowledge, they just yeah. look at me blankly. They're like, we don't care. We don't get it. We have no context yeah. for what you're talking about. I wish I had that joke. Uh, before I was a minister, I did a, um, <laughs> I did a fashion show. Uh, I did a... Um, I did a private show <laughs> and I did about 15 minute set um, and I actually had dinner rolls thrown at me at this <laughs> church event, you know what I mean? And I, I made the joke, uh, let he who was without sin throw the first dinner roll <laughs> and like they just came flying. I didn't know who threw them. It was, it was an interesting moment because that's I'm like, hilarious. you guys are Christian. What are you doing throwing dinner rolls at me? If you don't like my comedy, that's one thing, but don't, don't, you know, no, that was wow. funny. I guess maybe I offended them in some kind of way. So Actually, I was a minister at that time. <laughs> this is a thing that, this is a strange biblical question about, um, Jesus oh, gets man. big on people about calling someone fool. Right, so it's right. kind of like that. Just like Proverbs too. It's like, that's the super, is that like the judgiest thing you can do is to call someone else a fool or a foolish. And I'm thinking though, as comedians, Aren't we playing the role of the fool? Or is that linguistically different? The fool that he's talking about is not like the Shakespearean fool. Right, right. Which, like, so is it, which, like, what did he mean by, and why did he take such, like, great offense about calling your, like, it was in the Beatitudes, like, don't ever call anyone a fool, it's the worst thing you can do. Yeah, you know, Beatitudes, that's cool. And I'm like, really? Yeah, um, well, first off, you know, uh, it, it, People get in trouble a lot with scripture because the danger is, is that the King James version or any of these other versions, they're translations. So as a minister, what I usually have to do when I'm getting into a scripture is I have to translate it back to the original language, right? Because depending on where you are, if you're talking about Jesus, then that's the New Testament. So it was written in uh, Aramaic uh, Aramaic and Hebrew. And so depending on, you know, what scripture it is, you have to translate it back. So that scripture, I probably have to translate it back to Hebrew just to see what word fool because he might be it might be two different types of fools sure right um and so uh, that's number one number two is um uh, you remember that you know we have the old testament the new testament at the beginning god made adam and eve and he made them in his image right so uh when he made them in his image basically he made them perfect sure or at least as perfect as he could uh in the physical form and so our, our goal as human beings were always to be a, ref, a, a reflection of God and his image and almost the perfect being that he is. 
So when you but when, who when can you're live up to that. Exactly. So when you're <laughs> foolish, <laughs> then you're not being you're not on the high wisdom of God. So when mm-hmm. so when Jesus brings up I'm not 100% sure as I haven't studied the scripture, but when he talks about the fool, he's probably talking about the fool in Proverbs because Jesus references the Old Testament a lot, right? So he's probably talking about the fool in Proverbs. When it, the fool in Proverbs, it's always it's always the difference between wisdom, which comes from God, and foolishness, which uh, is not not just that you don't have wisdom, but you don't have knowledge either. Right. Well, and it's it, there's a a carelessness of thought. It's that it's being it's foolishness is almost impulsivity because if you were going to think about things so it's almost like he's warning us against being yeah uh, think before you speak think before you do but not even just that think and then also pray to god for the wisdom so that you can think clearly but isn't that just an argument for like meditation so that's the thing is if you're praying like Cause when I was little, I literally believed that like Jesus, 33 year old Jesus with his little stigmata right. is sitting next to me on my bed, <laughs> petting my head. And I'm like, Oh, the girls don't like me. And he's like, it's okay. You'd say everything's cool. And I'm like, but I don't know why everybody doesn't like me. And he's like, yeah. if you could just shut up a little bit, people might like you a little bit more. But Jesus, I don't. he's like, nobody likes to know it all, Pam. Come on. You know, but it, it's in the question is as a child, was I truly, but in my belief, that was there. Like, yeah. and, but that's not, that's almost like when I was a child, I thought like a child and now I'm a man and I've put childish ways behind me. Awesome. And it's like, so does Jesus, I mean, that's so weird for me because it was like, I think I was little and I believed that that was real. And now I'm an adult and I'm like, when we die, we're fucking dead. Like that's it. There's right. no, there's no 12 mansions in the sky. <laughs> there's no riches piling up for me. Right, it's right. kind of all here. Yeah. Well, when I first, uh, before I became a minister for about three years, I was really deep into the word and trying to like really, uh, get right. Well, not to say get right. Just, I was curious enough to really study it. Right. And so that's kind of why I prefaced at the very beginning that, you know, the, the word does doesn't matter it's the idea behind the word right so you know to me i'm praying to god but to someone else they're meditating to to get nirvana but i mean or someone is speaking something into existence as well right you talk about the law of attraction right sure so sure. if you if you say i want this to happen and you you think about it in a positive way the law of attraction says that it'll come your way right now you can make those parallels is that just the universe you know giving you what you asked for because you were thinking about it or or and that and saying it because the law of attraction says you actually have to say it too sure it's the same as as prayers it's pretty much uh, in the uh, same yeah, realm yeah. yeah well and th- the other thing is that like when you're negative and in a bad mood people don't like you and so you probably aren't going to get what you want yeah like the nicer and better and hey jesus turn the other cheek yeah instead of picking up a stick (laughs) or a gun you can like empathize and and be calm because nobody can force any reactions out of you yeah it's how we react to the situation and putting wisdom into your reactions i think that's where yeah. Cause otherwise, because if we're just being reactionary all the time, yeah, then, then what? Then what, yeah. <sighs> you have to respond, not react. You know, because re- reaction is at the very minimum level of physics, right? And we're a little bit above physics because we're sure. able to study physics, right? Un- unlike the trees who just adhere to physics and they can't do anything about it, right? <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't. Uh, yeah, they can't study physics. You don't feel they the just, wind; you f- you hear the tree. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
there's this is a so how old are you? Are you 33? You're a little older. I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, I'm in my uh, 30s. Oh yeah, because uh, Jesus did all his ministry in his 33rd year, and I think that's very interesting, and specifically that it was just this one year. Oh crap! And it's yeah. 33 is this great kind of thing. So uh, my boyfriend just turned 33, and I wanted to have because he's also very religious. Uh, I wanted <laughs> so to he's have religious, which you're not. No, no, he was. Oh, he's he was. also now he's like he's super into punk rock, and he's like fuck God. Punk rock uh, is dope. Yeah, I love but punk um, rock. so at first 33rd birthday, I wanted to have a party, and he's like, I don't want a party. So I was like, fuck. But I I came up with the ideas for it. It was going to be all Jesus Jesus themed. So I was going to make one called Pearls Before Swine, and they were going <laughs> to be little pearl onions wrapped in bacon, and then like. With some herbs, so like with um, okay. herbs, so like I take like a rosemary and stick it through the pearl onion and then roast it and then put some bacon around it. And so that would be one pearls before swine. Okay. And I wanted to make, I wanted them all to be biblically themed. So I wanted to do five loaves, two fish. And so I'd wanted to do two <laughs> fish in a salt crust where you take the whole fish and you put it in the salt crust and then you make it look like a fish on the outside and you crack it open <laughs> and have like, and bake a bunch of fresh bread, like five loaves. I just thought it would be really cute, right? To have like a Jesus themed 30. <laughs> third birthday party food thing and he was like that's really darling but we don't have that many friends and nobody will get it like, they'll be like why are you and for a week I was like she trying to come up like, yeah, yeah. Jesus themed food it's really funny because of all the parables it's like yeah. the seeds in the don't you know the seeds in the in the in the uh, rocky path? You, yeah. put, you plant your seeds. You don't just. It's the same thing. He talks a lot about restraint. You don't just throw your seeds willy nilly wherever and go. Well, I hope something grows. Yeah. You have to take it's the seed, of, yeah. nurture the seed, maybe even germinate it first. You've yeah. got to nurture the soil. You got to build your little. Put, do the whole thing. Plant it. Put on the fertilizer. Don't throw it on rocks. Yeah. Don't. Why would you? <laughs> why would you have expectations of anything? I, I really love the parables because I love allegories and I think any fable being told as like I feel like that's what's wrong with kids these days is we're not teaching them moralistic anything. It's like Disney is teaching them morals, right. which is terrible. We don't want, why are we giving D Disney all the power over right. shaping our children? Yeah. Where it's like, but the parables and allegories, it's great stuff, it's you know? Stuff, like yeah. The, you know, don't and build it, your house in a sandy land. Don't yeah. build it too near the shore. And that's what, and that's one of the reasons why Jesus spoke in parables because it, it helped people unlock their minds. You know, um, metaphors and all that. Just the beauty of of linguistics. That's what I, I really love. Uh, actually, I teach. <laughs> I teach a public speaking class and a writing class, um, like five or six hours a week. And cool. Yeah, I, I try to let them know about similes and all that stuff. And it's it's interesting to see how kids, you know, they somewhere in their brain they get it, right? But they they can't put it into words what they understand or what they get, right? And so you know, you bringing that up is is that makes a lot of sense. And and it, even just you know, I'll have kids. Do you have kids? No. Okay. Well, I hopefully, you know, I don't know. One day I'll have kids or maybe not. I don't really care at this point. But uh, you know, um yeah, so kids like um, one, one thing that I, I want to do is I, I don't want them to be in the school system because I, I just I feel like yeah, yeah like it's a, it's a babysitting system. Right? Absolutely, that's kind of where it came from when when the industrial revolution hit. All of a sudden, now people are going to work uh, nine to five, whereas prior to that, people owned a farm or they owned a business right. and they just worked whenever you know. Um, and so when they were in the factory from nine to five, couldn't leave. The kids needed something to do, so that's where K, K through twelve came about. Wow. And so I've been teaching, you know, I. I've been teaching for about six or seven years as well. And when I first, the first time I started teaching, I was like, why are we teaching these, these kids, these outdated things, Right. you know, it really, we're I, teaching to the test, which yeah. is so dumb when no child left behind anything. No, they're not. Cause they're not, 
there's no critical thought. I, no. I thought that George Bush's, I was, I was a credentialed school teacher from 97 to 2001. Right. And I got out because I saw what No Child Left Behind was bringing in. Oh, And really? that was taking away critical thought. Everything went from. Test taking. Huh? It, it went to test taking. Wow. And fill in the blank and, and fill in the simile. This is to this, is this is to this, you know, wow. that kind of stuff. As opposed to reading a story and and considering the themes and applying those themes to your own life or right. like all of that was just wow. gone. Creative yeah. writing gone. Yeah. I graduated Oh four. So I probably saw the, the tail end of that. But, um, yeah, when I was, um, yeah, when I was in high school, I, I went to a pretty cool high school. So uh, shout out to James Logan in Union City. Um, very, it's a, it's a college preparatory school. So they still made us do that. And I, I had a really hard time. Like I was telling my kids the other day, like I had a hard time understanding English just because I was a mathematical thinker. And everything huh. you just said about like um, analyzing themes, it just didn't make any sense to me because in math, there's always one answer. Right. But when there's when you're reading a book, there might be multiple themes and I right. couldn't grasp the concept of there being more than one theme sure but it really helped me when I figured it out in college really uh, my mind just opened up right and just I started I started seeing things from different perspectives exactly I think that the only thing that's going to save the world right now is uh fiction stories literature is good literature written <laughs> about people who writes good literature? Well, I, I think that Stephen I think I think that Stephen King is going to be known as as one of the literary greats one day because of his short stories are really incredible. But yeah. when you are writing in even a first person narrative, and it's somewhat like Stephen King can write from a woman's perspective and he does it amazingly. He can write from like a racist's perspective and mm. it's totally great. You can he can write from a misogynist. Pers- he can write from a crazy person's perspective. Yeah, he wrote a lot of books. He's written. Oh my God, he's written like crazy so many novels. And then all the short stories and everything. It's, it's just, it's mind blowing. But I think that's what can save the reason that we, people don't, why can't we just all get along mm-hmm. is that we are unable to empathize with one another. And right. one of the ways that we can teach empathy is through fiction Off top. because when people are reading a story, mm-hmm. you get that intimate, like you're the character, right? right it's right, right. your brain or you're that, you know, like you're there as you, but you're also there as what the author wants you to do. Well, Frig, it's, it's also, it's a dangerous uh, situation now. Cause I don't know if you heard, but like kids have, they just have like iPads and laptops in school now so now they're they, they're still reading but they're reading pixel, pixels Oof. right so what happens is with your brain is that you know you have two hemispheres of your brain the pixels only activate one side of your brain oh. right whereas when you read when you read actual print there's actual ink right and so right. your brain is picking up not only uh, not only just the words but the calligraphy of the words sure, the and, font. and yeah, yeah the actual font and so you use both hemispheres of your brain sure well so it's, it's a picture it's it's yeah. either it, a letter is one symbol that is a picture. It's a yeah. picture symbol. And when you're reading it on a screen, it's a hundred t- tiny little blips of light yeah. that become a, a letter. Yeah. It's like instead of one image, it's multiple images being one image. It's yeah. pretty mind blowing. Yeah, it is mind blowing. And, and that's and that's one of the reasons why I think kids don't want to read anymore. They're kind of gravitating towards doing uh, looking at video or looking right. at film. Uh, and it, it's just it's it's vapid consumption of images. See, that's the problem yeah. I have is that. But they're smart as hell. I know, but they need. But but we can teach them when they make pictures in their own head. That's only going to make them smarter. Right. Like the idea that. 
TV and movies and visual images are what they kind of gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. It's because it's easy. Mm -hmm. Because when you read a book, you have to take those little symbols and you have to put those symbols into words. And then you have right. to think, oh, what does that word mean in which language? And what does that mean? And then you put them in sentences and then they create pictures in your head. Yeah. There's a lot of higher order fucking thinking going on yeah, when you're reading. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so that we're we're losing that. Yeah. And that's scary. And then we wonder why kids don't care. We wonder why we have a president who watches TV all day and doesn't read books and doesn't actually study <laughs> because why would because I already know everything we don't there's so so you're not a Trump supporter oh god well how how could I be how could anybody <laughs> in California be are, are you um I like to think of myself as a Trump empathizer an uh, empathizer. Yeah, not a, I'm not a 100% a Trump supporter, but I do empathize with, with him. But he's he's an egotistical maniac. He's out of control. Most guys are, you know. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I've... But Obama wasn't. He was so humble Obama was an actor. He was, the, he was the best actor we've ever had as you president. Think so? He should have got an Oscar. But he's, but he was a, he's a constitutional <laughs> lawyer. Yeah, lawyers are actors, right? Yeah, like, but I, I, I believe... <laughs> I believed him. I believed everything he said. I Definitely. believed his I wife. Did too. I believed his children. I, I did too. I, you know, I voted for him the first time just to say that I voted. So first, first of all, I don't actually believe in democracy. So what do you mean? I don't believe demo I don't believe democracy. You know, I going back to Plato. Plato said democracy can never work because we're we as people are too stupid. Yeah, because dumb people are going to vote for dumb people. So, right. You know, the, he, right. Because it's actually, a popularity contest. Because democracy yeah. is a popularity contest. At the end of the day, yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be for the people. But I mean, psh, so right. what do you want an aristocracy? Do you want to do you want to do you want to get back to kings and queens or no, no, no. So Plato actually mapped out this government that has never been implemented. Oh. Um, and the reason it can't be implemented because it kind of probably needs to start at the very beginning of time, I think. <laughs> so um, so though, so he basically said the perfect city state or perfect government um, is the same as a perfect human being. Right. So a perfect human being needs to have his rational uh, so rational, righteous mind controlling the irrational spirit, which controls the weak body. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So he said as a city state needs to be the same way. We need to have the, not just the smartest, but righteous as well. You have to be righteous as in righteous decides, and just. Who decides that's, who's right? Because that's, that's the hard part. Because when the righteous people are usually self-righteous and we're like, fuck yeah. you. And then they're hypocritical as fuck. And the righteous ones, you don't even know that they, they exist because they're so humble. Right. Exactly. <laughs> because they have quiet integrity and they yeah. don't wave it up in the air and go, look at me, yeah. look at, look at, I just tipped $20 or, you know, like what I just gave up like Jesus in the church or whatever. I just gave a hundred dollars to the church. It's like, give, give quietly, give up your heart. Don't, don't give seeking yeah. reward. But now it feels like people only give seeking reward. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. ah, but then, yeah. How do you measure righteousness? I, that's, that's the hard part. That's probably why the government has never been implemented because how do you, who you, it has to start at the beginning of time, right? So who, how do we change the, our government to that government? I, I thought it'd be a very difficult process, but to finish just so the, the, uh, so the righteous, uh, rational thinkers needs to control the irrational army, which controls the masses of people who really deep down in their heart, just want to be told what to do, which is like 90% of the population. Oh, yeah. see, but I never want to be told what to do. I hate so that. So you're probably part of the 10% that doesn't, you know? That's, that's in 
Yeah, you know, the righteous and rational. Yeah, you're. Technically, I mean, but I was. A, no. But I'm a woman, so at the time he was only talking about men. At the time, because yes. women didn't even have. We weren't even people. Yeah, yeah. technically. Yeah. And then his protege Aristotle said that you're not a perfect. He went a step further and said you have to be. You have to be a man to be a perfect human being. You actually have to be a man. You have to be tall. You have to be rich. And I think that was. And you have to be um, <laughs> attractive. But rich in spirit is different than than actual money. How how important is money to you? Just that's a random question, but how it goes to How important is money to yeah. me? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I don't I don't really like money. I don't well, really on enjoy a scale it. from like it's just little pieces of paper that float through my hands, and you're just like blah, blah, to like I save and I'm totally saving up for this, or I've got <laughs> like you know like every penny I'm accounting and <laughs> I, my checkbook is always balanced. <laughs> so yeah, a <laughs> little bit so a little bit of history of me. So I went to school for economics and accounting. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and but I always had theater in my heart, right? So I did theater on the side, you know, and I ate up a lot of my units doing theater, which I shouldn't have done, but I enjoyed it. And then once school was over to keep my acting chops going, I started doing comedy and then I started getting a fan base and I said, oh, well, I'll just keep doing this thing. But uh, so my day job, what I do during the day, um, is I am a financial broker. So, Whoa. Yeah. Mind blowing. I do so but, many but things. Right? Being a minister isn't a day job. No, that's a life job. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, people call me in the middle of the night to go pray for their, their sick aunt who's in the hospital. Whoa. So, you know, that's an, that's all, that's 24 seven. That yeah, but stop. you, but it doesn't pay you enough that you can just be a minister. No. <gasps> that is so sad that you've dedicated your life to the church and you don't, do you get a free place to live? No. <gasps> <laughs> pro what bono. What do you get out of it? Uh, You're a pro bono spiritual, minister? <laughs> spiritual uh, uh, compensation. You're a pro bono minister. I thought that the whole point of like being a minister or being a priest or whatever is that you got free room and board. That's the problem. What? Yeah, that's the problem. It, what, I don't get it. That's because, because people think that? Yeah, or? because people think that. I mean, G Jesus, Jesus wasn't poor. Like, we have this image of him being poor, but he wasn't poor. He just always, people always gave him stuff from his from birth. They gave him gold and a bunch of, bunch of crap, right? So he was always well off. He just would, he would preach that it's, you know, it doesn't mean anything. It's not, it, it's meaningless. But it, it, does, it does. So that's why you ask how important is it? It's like, well, in this, in the world that I live in, it's a 10 out of 10. Well, but, um, you know, I don't care for it that much, huh. but it is important because you have to, you have to live and, and survive. So it's, it's somewhat important. I wish it wasn't so important in the world, but it is. So in my, in my own life, is it important? Yes, but I wish it wasn't, you know? So I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. So the, and as a financial broker, um, yeah, so I have a lot of clients, um, and I gotta say, I can't, I have to be confidential yeah, with this absolutely. stuff, but, um, basically yeah, I teach them on how to save properly and how to invest properly. And there's, there's certain things that you just have to do, um, that the rich fat cats are doing right now. You know, when Trump said, I don't pay any taxes, you know why he doesn't pay any taxes? <laughs> Cause there's certain accounts that you can put your money in Aww. that's completely tax free, which is what I teach my clients to do, which is what I do. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I just, I know the rules. I don't quite believe in the rules, but they are the rules. You know right. what I'm saying? If I have to play basketball, then I might as well play it the best I can and know all the rules. I know the rules. That you makes know? sense. See, I think that money is what is tearing us apart. And that is what is, that is what is absolutely wrecking humanity is that especially as Americans, we feel like people only have worth and value 
that's associated with dollar bills. Right. And when you say it's worth really and when you say value and when you say values and these kinds of things, they should be esoteric. They should be, they should and, be yeah. part of your, we don't believe in a soul anymore. There should be <laughs> integrity. That's like the, the whole thing that's been making me crazy is when little kids are like, fake it till you make it. I'm like, no, uh, learn, practice, do, practice, <laughs> discipline, discipline, but, practice, learn. But look how many people are financially successful from just faking it. I mean, I, and, I mean, I do hip hop and like in the hip hop industry right now, it's like, you don't even have to be a good rapper anymore. Yeah. You just have to just look like you have a lot of money and look like you, you know, and, and do something that's extreme, like dye your hair rainbow color or something like that. And, huh. and then have a crazy social media presence. And then you can be a successful rapper nowadays. Wow. You know, it's very, is it, yeah, it is what it is. You know, I, <laughs> no, no, I, I get it. I mean, this way. I, but, oh, back to what you're saying though, the Bible actually doesn't say money's the root of all evil. It doesn't. It doesn't. Who came up with that? It actually says <laughs> the love for money. Is oh, the okay. So that's that's why the world is where it is because people are in love with money and not in well, love with themselves or God. They're in love with money. But it's the, also that people are judging each other based on how much people who don't have enough money aren't people. Right. Like when Trump says that he wants to give everyone on food stamps drug tests. Uh, excuse me? Like, what are you, uh, or that everyone on food stamps is going to get now like a box, like a box of food, like, so they, <laughs> like they're not worth, worthy enough to make their own choices. He's saying lately, but it's like, it's saying that these, <laughs> these people over here, these poor people, they're not smart enough or good. Cause if they were smart and good at what they did, they'd be rich by now. I don't know if that's what he's saying. I, I think it's that I, poor I, people aren't people. Because they can't buy because if you're a good American, you're a consumer and you buy, buy, buy. And what mm -hmm. makes you a good American yeah. is by buying things in and being a part of the economy. Mm -hmm. And the, our government does not respect esoteric gifts. They do not mm. appreciate artists. Right. And, yeah. You know, artists, unless, artists getting out of the school system now. And now and now it's saying that hip hop saying, yeah, dye your hair rainbow colors and say bitch a lot and, and look like you have money. <laughs> and now you're a hip hop artist. <laughs> you're an artist. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very interesting that you say that. But um, yeah. But I here's what I think Trump was trying to say. Because when I first went, to, so, you know, when I first went to school uh, in college, you know, I came from, you know, um, I went to a high school that was near Oakland in San Leandro. And so I, you know, I, I went to uh, Logan first three years in my last year. I went to San Leandro. And before that, I hung around a lot of people from Hunter's Point. Oh, yeah. And so I kind of got turned out in a way where I was like, oh, man, F everything. And like my my whole demeanor changed everything. You know, I just I was hanging around certain type of people that were just, um, you know, ghetto or a hood or whatever you want to call it. Right. And so. Uh, I remember when, you know, when I first got my financial aid check, right? Because it was from the state of California, right? Free money. I went to the mall and bought clothes, right? I know a couple guys who bought Jordans, you know, $200 shoes, you know? Yeah. And so, which I think what Trump is trying to say is that there are people who do abuse the system. I was one of them. I abused the system. And oh. I know a lot of people who still abuse the system. People who don't really need food stamps, but still, you know, but take them. everyone should have access to food. That's true. But I mean... And and, what and he's saying, then, the, then food is one thing, but if you're giving someone money and then they go use it for drugs, yeah, that's a problem, right? Then I that's think that's what he's trying. But with to with food stamps, you have to, you can only buy food. I mean, unless you like, yeah. sell them illegally to someone, be like, oh, I'm gonna take you food shopping, yeah, but you some can people buy, do that, yeah. <laughs> you can buy thirty dollars on my food stamps, but give me twenty dollars worth of drugs or yeah. whatever. I'm not sure how people work that kind of stuff. But I mean, I'm on food stamps, yeah. and I'd say there's no shame in the game if you're like. 
I'm I'm an artist and I don't get paid a lot of money, so yeah, I, I and I feel like I deserve to eat food. For real, I feel you. <laughs> like <laughs> so, I feel you. So yeah, I and so that that's why I go back to the um, you know, I'm a I'm a Trump sympathizer. I'm not really a Trump supporter, mm. but I am a Trump sympathizer because I, I I I one at one point in my life the the media re- ran my name through the mud. Really? Yeah. So there's. Do you, will you talk about that? What happened? <laughs> I don't really like talking about it, oh, but I yeah, I guess uh, you know, I guess it's time. What did you What, what do you mean <laughs> it ran? They you got publicly slandered? All right, so here's the story, I guess. Um, this is my first time really saying this publicly, and so everyone's probably going gonna, gonna to hear this. And Yeah, if you Google uh, Juan Rubin, J-A-W-A-A-N, last name Rubin, R-U-B-I-N. By the way, my last name is Rubin, which is a Jewish name for uh, uh, Ruby, or Yiddish for Ruby. My first name is Arabic, so I'm actually the piece of the Middle East. Right, right? cool. Because there will never, ever be an Arabic first name and Jewish last right, name exactly. ever. And my dad didn't know that. But anyway, so if you Google my name, Juwan Rubin. Uh, so what happened was uh, my sophomore year in high school, um, what had happened was is that I, um, I, I was on the basketball team. I was on the freshman basketball team uh, my freshman year, and I was balling out of control. I, I you know, I, I averaged about 30 points a game. And Damn. Yeah, I was kicking ass. I was, I was all over the place. And then, so my sophomore year, um, there's a little issue. My, my dad didn't like the coach at that time. I don't know. Do you know anything about Lavar Ball? No. Okay, never mind. Okay, so anyway, um, <laughs> so my I dad didn't follow the Warriors. Yeah, my dad didn't uh, like the coach because uh, of something. My brother was there four years before me, and you know he had held on to some of his letters from different colleges because my brother he was um, getting approached by different colleges, and the coach held on to the letters, <gasps> didn't give it to him until like the end of his senior year. By then, it's like oh, too well, late. Yeah, too late, you know. And so my dad was really mad at him, and so I didn't want to go to that school for that purpose sure. I was like can we go to can I go to a different school since you don't like him why would you send me to a school that you don't like the coach whatever so anyway my freshman year I'm playing on the freshman team and I'm scoring 30 points a game you know doing my thing and then next year um, you know I got I got asked to go to the varsity tryouts and then the first day they sent me to the JV tryouts uh, the next day right and so from that, um, so when I told my dad that, you know, he got pissed off. Because he, he, he wanted you to be on varsity. Yeah. Be good. Yeah, you should be yeah. sophomore, you should play. Yeah. Yeah, he got pissed off. There was a lot of politics involved, but he, he got pissed off. And then long story short, he told me, so he told me not to go to the JV tryouts. And I'm like, you know, in my heart, you know, I'm I'm 15-year-old kid. I just want to play basketball. I just want to play. I don't really care where I'm playing. You know, if that's the case, if he doesn't feel I'm good enough, whatever. But I didn't speak up for myself. I was a really quiet kid when I was younger. So I didn't really speak up for myself. Um, I didn't go. To, uh, I went to the JV uh, practice, and my dad found out, and then he got mad and told me to come back. So I had to leave uh, within ten minutes or whatever. So he got really pissed. Anyway, so two days later, you know, I'm, I'm walking. I'm walking to class at, at school, and you know, everyone's approaching me like, "Hey, you know, what? what, what your dad uh, sued the school?" Whoa. And I'm like, "What?" So I'm like, "No, I don't think so." So it was all in the newspaper. Um, in the, no, the local news and it, and the, the story got so big that it ended up on HBO with uh, Brian Gumble. What? I mean, the story got huge and then I remember one this is this is pre Google right then Yahoo was still the search engine right Wow and so my junior year one day 
uh, my junior year, I am um, I'm Googling myself just to see what I'm not Googling Yahoo myself right. just to see, you know, you know, what's, what, what I would see. And it's just like 50 articles about that lawsuit. Right. Whoa. And I'm just reading through it. And like some of the things some of these uh, journalists were saying were just so untrue, wow. just so untrue. And but they're trying to sell a story or whatever they're trying to do. There's just well, so what untrue. was the story is that you're a stuck. You're like you think you're the best player. Yeah, You've got such an ego that you're like, I'm not going to play on JV. Yeah, they're saying, oh, this, this little whiny kid. We're going to sue them to get you on varsity. Yeah, they thought it was all me. They're, they're, they're blaming me more than, than him. And then they're then they like, some, some journalists were saying, you know, they were just, the way they were describing my dad physically, I was just like, dude, you don't have to say all that, you know? Like, just, I don't know. They were you just, pissed at him for doing that? My dad? Yeah. yeah, I was pretty pissed. Actually, that's why I left the house at 18 and just didn't want to come back. And I ended up coming back. And then I, you know, I started reading in the Bible and how you should honor your mother and father and have forgiveness. And so, you know, that's kind of how our, our relationship mended, but thank, you know, praise God for that. you know, for me, you know, cause now he's, he's, he's on his way out, you know, uh-huh. he's, he's a lot older. So I'm glad we mended and we had a good time before this, but anyway, um, yeah. Did you so, get to play basketball? Yeah. So we ended, that's why I had to go to San Leandro high to finish <laughs> out my year. But it, you know, so that's why I empathize with Trump. Cause I, I've been in that situation where journalists or reporters are reporting stuff. That's not hundred percent true. And they're just trying to like throw your name in the mud or, you know, and they don't care. You know, I don't, I've never met these people. Was that, was that tough? You got really, I'm sure you were incredible popular was that scary that like everybody knew who you were like everywhere uh yeah it was a little scary especially in the basketball world because now it's hard for me to get into college and play for um play for coaches because oh, they're, they're like, like this i little, don't want to yeah, touch oh, you because right. i don't know what's going to happen i don't get sued and all this did stuff. you did you go to college on a basketball scholarship no i did not I oh did not. so yeah that kind of derailed a lot of stuff so was that what you when you what you wanted to be when you grew up you're like i want to play in the nba no no actually my dream was always to play in college so i eventually oh. i did play in college i lived out my dreams cool actually at the you know at the age of 30 i've done a lot lot of things that I wanted to do so now I'm as as a 30 year old now I'm like okay what's the next move because I've done a lot of fun cool stuff in my life and I've pretty much done everything I wanted to do when I was a kid now it's like okay what's next you know what do I do next? you didn't want to be like Jason Kidd you didn't want to be like not really it didn't make sense to me to play 84 games a year oh I just thought that was stupid you're like 12 games cool 16 games fine I mean high school was like 28 games games. college is like 35 yeah but like 84 games a year like Oh. Who in their right mind would do that to their body? Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, your body's a temple. You can't pay me enough to like, you know, be not be able to walk at seventy. You know, sure. Seven, well, and it's know, the same thing you. with football players with all those traumatic oh, head injuries man. and and it's terrible because yeah. they, I question my mind now because right. I, I hit my head a bunch of times when I was playing basketball before the movie Concussion came out. So right. I, in, the NC2A sent me something in the mail saying that there's a lawsuit that I'm gonna get paid for it for the concussion stuff. So that's cool. Wow. It might be like twenty bucks something like that. There's just so many people who played, but you know, I yeah, I think I question some things that are going on in my mind. I'm like, man, you know, like I I I probably had a bunch of mini concussions just hitting my head on the floor. You know, sure. Getting knocked down. Yeah. Crazy. That's why that's why LeBron James spends a million dollars a year on his body just to keep his body in shape. Well, LeBron, I can't tell you. I I, I gotta say, I was so happy on Sunday. I haven't been more happy on a Sunday <laughs> watching the Cavs lose <laughs> to the Pacers. I mean, it was like a blowout. I'm like, they're up on 19 points. Yeah. 
<laughs> Suck it, LeBron. Oh, oh, was it going to be your ninth year in the finals? Oh, the ninth year? Blah, blah, blah. I can't wait for this to be. He's been in the finals eight years in a row. Give someone else a chance. Go do some acting, buddy. Remember that movie you were in? Like, go do that. Give someone else a chance. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, you yeah. still a big basketball fan, though? I mean, not uh, really, no. Really? No, not really. Mm-mm. So you don't care that much about the Warriors right now? I mean, no, I, I'm I'm so happy that the Warriors are doing what they're doing. Because I, I, when I was a kid, like, you know, Warriors Coliseum down the street. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I've been to games where it's just like, oh, my God, we're getting killed right now. Yeah, we weren't and so just, great in the Yeah, games. dude, just well, to watch that crap. And now to see that they're, they're killing it, it's like, it's, it's an amazing thing to watch. And yeah. they play good basketball, too. They Absolutely. Really it, the psychic pass is, is coming back again, which okay. I love the psychic passing. What when, does that mean? That's when one of like Clay's looking this way and then he throws the ball that way and uh, someone okay, okay, okay. like something happy with dolls like of course I'm right there like, something <laughs> happens like some ninja moves yeah. and then the psychic passing they're well old uh, well oiled machine oh yeah I love that stuff yeah. I love basketball when I was little I grew up in, in Danville so we would come over all the time and see so you went to games. a mega church in Danville yeah. California yeah. there's mega churches in California well they were like 4,000 I mean it was huge. That was, I mean, wow. I didn't even know that existed. There were like 4,000 people in our, uh, does that church still exist? Yeah. CPC community uh, Presbyterian CPC. church. I'll yeah. look it up. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and it was Ron Lee Davis was the name of the pastor who just shook me. Cause I was like, it's gross. when I was, when I was <laughs> little and I remember going to Sunday school and stuff and I was always the questioner. I'd be like, but why? But what's the point? And my teachers, would they, they would get kind of mad at me and be like, you just have to accept it. And I was like, and they kept saying, it's all based on faith. Okay. Like, so yeah, you've got to, yes, there is a leap there. There is a question mark that you just have to go, uh-huh, I believe. It's like that book by C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. And he goes through and he's like building up this big argument. And then the end of every fucking chapter is, it's faith. You just got to believe. I know. And you know what? I grew, I grew up, um, I actually grew up in the, uh, in the, in the Baptist church. Right. So I didn't really believe any of that crap until, until after like in college, it took huh. me a while, but I had to go because my parents made me go. So I, right. I would go whatever. But that was my argument is that every question I ask is cause God did it. Like that's yeah. it. Right. Like, can I, can I get a little bit more? Sure. So it took me like studying philosophy to get me all the way back because I, th- I think that's what we need to do for children if you're going to put them in the churches st- starting from Plato all the way to now you know because Plato came before Jesus Christ so or was it after I think it was before I think it was before Jesus Christ and then he comes and then you know you have the Judea law and all that ever stuff you know and that's that's the thing about the Jewish law the New Testament I mean the Old Testament is that these these are laws not the laws aren't there if you don't do these laws you're not going to heaven you're going to hell that's not what the laws are there for they're to keep a good society yeah my my favorite Bible verse heaven on earth uh, Leviticus 2012 one of my favorite Bible verses if you sleep with your father-in-law you should both be stoned I love to be stoned and my ex-father-in-law. He was hot. <laughs> my ex-husband was black and his dad, Big Austin, he's a good looking guy. If I was going to sleep with him. Yeah, we should get stoned. From the, just give me some of that good 70s weed, bro. Like, no, it's a, I mean, I get it. There's another thing like people say in the, in the God hates fags or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, if you look at the Old Testament contextually, 
<laughs> when the Jews were being overrun by everybody. Like, everyone's fucking with them. They're <laughs> slaves, and they're stealing their children, they're stealing their little boys, and putting them into sex slavery, and all this kind of stuff. Of course you would say, like, if a man lies with another man, it's terrible, and it's an abomination. Because, because what was happening to them, right. they were being raped and pillaged constantly by everybody. <laughs> And they're like, you know, it's the other one, Lot's wife. Like, when the, oh, when the angels it. come and he's like, no, 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 take my daughters. Don't rape these <laughs> angels. These angels are good. Take the daughters. But they didn't they're like hot. their sons. They're hot. They, didn't, they didn't like their sons being raped. They didn't care about the daughters, though. They're like, eh, sleep, sleep with them. Oh, yikes. Yeah, you should do biblical jokes. I, You have a whole captive I audience. You're, I don't know. I don't know. Is I, it offensive? Do you find it, is it? Do you think it's offensive? I just don't somebody? find it funny. Yeah, I don't find biblical jokes that funny. Unless I'm like making fun of the Christian religion, then it's like, okay, I'm not gonna do that. Right, right. I don't know biblical jokes. Like you said, it, they, people do need to have a reference, right? They need to point a reference. And just because someone's in church doesn't mean they know the Bible. The, and that's I mean? that's true too. So like, yeah. So it's like, I mean, I don't, really, I don't really do biblical jokes like that. I, I did have a, a, a whole bit on how Jesus would be a terrible roommate. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in, inviting his friends over yeah. People with leprosy Come on Jesus Come yeah. on Jesus He's Why like, do you keep bringing these people over unless here it's, Unless it's tax collectors and prostitutes I mean that's, everyone knows that's a fun time Like that's or, a party It's party Jesus Or you pick up a rag and like Jesus did you use my rag And you're like Don't you lie to me Jesus I see your face right here <laughs> <laughs> Biblical jokes yeah. uh, What uh, are we We have about five minutes left What do you want to uh, What do you want to Plug. B- beliefs yeah plug there you yeah. go how big is your congregation uh it's uh it's about 400 wow but there's only about maybe 150 active members like people who actually show up right so we have a lot of people in the catalog but they don't always show up they so. show up at christmas and easter christmas and easter yeah yeah yep. um but yeah so uh some shameless plugs um yeah so um so i i you know i make music um, so I have a couple shows coming up. I have culturally, actually, culturally conscious hip hop, or is it like <laughs> culturally conscious hip hop? Well, like yeah, I guess so. Like you know, you say nice things instead of you're like drink a smoothie, do some push ups, <laughs> or like like good like good yeah, things instead kinda. of being like yeah. instead of being like suck my dick yeah. on your knees. I, I'm more I'm yeah I'm more into uh, 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 George Clinton's um, oh, notion cool. of uh, edutainment. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So it's a mixture of uh, education and entertainment, and so I have maybe one song that I'm just doing like rap cadence. Uh huh. Um, but it's not like I'm putting anybody down. You know, a lot of rappers, they say, oh, F you, F you. I'm the best. I'm the best. I don't really I don't really do all that because I try to stay as humble as possible. But I do, you know, I do talk about different subject matters. So if you go to JuwanRubin.com, um, so I have uh, all my music. One of my favorite songs on, on, my, uh, on my website is called E-People. <laughs> e people just just about like it's it's basically about you know people who are you know not real anymore right they, they, everything is e email e this e right, that right. e cigarette and yeah. <laughs> and so now we have right. e people people who just don't want to get off their screen i have a line i have a line in there talking about you know uh selfie whores uh waiting for a, a like on their post while there are babies in the corner asking for their their baba and their mama yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you it's know. That stuff is sad that we're so it's it's ego. Like, can you imagine like when we were little, if we had a Polaroid camera and we took pictures of our food or whatever we wanted to <laughs> say and we put it on the wall and then we invited all our friends over and we're like, come over and 
touch the pictures that you like. <laughs> like put a sticker on these pictures so that I can feel validation about myself and what I did today. Yeah. I mean, it's insane that yeah. we. That, uh, I'm actually working on a bit right now about how you know. Because there's studies that came out that likes hit the same part of your brain as cocaine and sugar <gasps> does, right? Wow. So people are just addicted to likes, you know? Wow. That's why the lady went to YouTube and shot up YouTube. Right. Because she wasn't getting enough she likes. She wasn't getting enough likes in her know, entire... She likes. Her, well, because, because this gets back to religion. The emptiness is so vast inside them and they yeah. don't know what to fill it with that the only thing they can fill it with is validation from external validation. Yeah. And maybe that's the lesson, that external validation is meaningless. Yeah. It has to internally come from your own choice and volition and light. And it can't yeah. be, I'm doing this to make this person happy or I'm doing this to make somebody like me. It has to be like just your natural state of being, being. and expression yeah. is what it is. Yeah. And if people like that, cool. If and not, if they don't, do. then you can't can't make anyone do anything they don't want to do, right? Right. So, but it's just, yeah, because so we're, we're not human doings or human actings. We're human beings. Yeah. So we should be, you know, that's what we should be. But back to the shameless yeah, yeah, plugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'm doing, uh, I'm doing a hip hop show on uh, 420. Oh, cool. Uh, it is on 1445 H Street. Awesome. So it's a 420 show. Okay. So is that at Milk Bar? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. I so, just, well, somewhere on hate. Somewhere on hate, yeah. And then, um, uh, so I don't know. It's a big festival. So I, cool. might, I think it's in the grass <gasps> or something, somewhere. Oh, that's neat. You're doing the 420 festival. Is that's, that what that is? Well, it's in the on Hippie Hill at 420 and all that. They, there's tons of people. Okay. Like 10,000 people come out for, Someone, for, yeah. for 420. Someone they put a big stage out there. and But if it's 1445 hate, it's probably at Milk Bar. Probably. Here, keep Maybe. plugging and I'll, Maybe, I'll yeah. look for you. Okay, so I got that on 420-1445-H Street. Uh, come out. It's between 12 and 6. Uh, come on out. I'll probably go up around 4. Okay, uh, 4 or 5. And then also, um, I've started working with uh, a new artist. So I am I do I do music for other artists as well. So um, his name is Marcel. Uh, so start looking out for him. He has a show on Sunday, May 27, 2018, with another artist that I'm working with named Naki uh, Moalo. You can look up Naki Mo Moalo on YouTube. She has some really good reggae music. It's 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 really off the chain. Uh, but if you want to follow me, um, so that's Marcel and Naki Moalo. You can follow those two people. But if you want to follow me, um, my YouTube channel and my Instagram is both under Awesome Multimedia. So that's O S O M Multimedia, all one word. And then my Snapchat is under J A Y D U B A R J D A B A R, which is uh, the the person I went under uh before i rebranded myself so before uh -huh. i was a minister i went by j dubar because i come from such a christian um family i had to change my name if i was going to be doing like raunchy comedy and raunchy music out absolutely there. yeah awesome. and then juanrubin.com j-a-w-a-a-n-r-u-b-i-n.com you can find out all my shows all my music um all my youtube uh videos everything um yeah what is i don't understand snapchat i don't even have a smartphone i'm too old for all these things mm -hmm. what is snapchat so do you believe in it? It's good. You Snapchat, have a lot of followers. Snapchat from the uh, individual standpoint or from the brand standpoint? Uh, how you? How do you? Do you find it an effective tool of social media? Yeah, I use it. Uh, I use it for for work. I use it for business. You know what I'm saying? But like 
I, <laughs> if I was an individual, I mean, a lot of people just kind of, I don't know what they, the heck they use it for. Because the thing about social media, period, when I first, when Facebook, Facebook first came to me, I was like, what the heck is this? This is stupid. Why would I do this? But then when I started, you know, working for myself and not, you know, not really working at, at a job or doing a job and kind of doing comedy and all the other stuff, I was like, okay, this is a good communication tool. Right. That's right. the whole point of it. Right. Snapchat, Facebook, all that stuff. It's just a communication tool. So the way Snapchat works is that you get about a 10 second video. Now you could do longer, but uh, when it first started, it's only 10 seconds. But they're, you know, they'll they'll chop if you do it all the way through. They'll just kind of chop through. But anyway, um, yeah. So the, I mean, and I've, people like to th- you say like, hey, I'm gonna be doing this show. Come out and see me. And then you yeah. like give them a line. You're like, boo dee boo 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 ba. Right, right, right. So yeah, so I'll, I'll plug something. I'll say, hey, I got this going on at this time. You know, um, you know, and then all my followers will see it if they want to. So you have an option of seeing it if you want. So there's a there's a list of uh, all your people that you follow, and then when as people are posting, you can click on if 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 you want to. E people, all yeah. of your e people, all the e people, and then you can DM uh, direct message people, but it only lasts. Through Snapchat. Yeah, but it only lasts for like a, a day or twenty four hours. Why not just text? I don't see the thing. I don't understand is like. We already had the technology for all it. We had phones that text and right. we, like we need to have a. Vi- I have to have a video. I just I don't even. Well, know. I'm I mean, too old. I get it. I get yeah, it. I guess. I mean, I don't know. You know what? Think about think about if you want to just send someone a video, a quick video, real quick. You know. I would never do. That. I don't even. Uh, I don't even have. I, I don't even. <laughs> my phone doesn't even have. Uh, my phone can take pictures, but barely. Uh, <laughs> like I can't. It has a voice recorder that's terrible. Like it's it's a dumb phone. Look at this. It's. Okay, here's a good. Here's it doesn't a good, even attach to the internet. So here's a here's a good one. So when okay, how about this? So when I was um, when I was looking for a house with my with my brother, and we couldn't go go see the showing at the same time, I'd use I just take a quick snap and say, okay, this is the bathroom. Hey, this is the living room. This is the outside. Okay. And then he can kind of see it real quick, and then it goes away. Now the the point I mean the point of it disappearing in 24 hours is so that no one can no one can steal your content basically. Oh. Yeah, because if you put on Facebook, it's there. They can, yeah, it's there forever, and and you actually have a product. See, all of our podcasts here are free, so I'm like, take them, do whatever. (laughs) There's already free. Like, (laughs) just share it with people. I don't care. Like, I mean, content. I mean. Find me, fairy angel. Right. Swoop me up out of obscurity. <laughs> Find me. Take it. Yeah, because because on YouTube, if someone goes to your YouTube page and sees a video, they can rip it. They can just they can uh, download it. It's it's not legal, but there's yeah. a, there's a certain tools that you can do to just rip their video. But on Snap, you can't do that. You have that. You don't have the possibility. But if you have a picture, right, with the smartphone, you can take a screenshot of the picture. Now. The thing about that is, if you take a screenshot of someone's picture, they get a notification that you did that. Wow. <laughs> well, that's good, though, because I would think that the main purpose of Snapchat would be showing your dick to people. That was, I, I don't know if that was the reason why, but that when Snapchat first started, that's what a lot of people were doing. Because it just disappears. Yeah. So it's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, you got to see it, but now it's gone. Right. You know? that's, that's just weird to me. Yeah. Um, so everyone go to jawanrubin.com and check out his upcoming shows. Yeah. When are you doing Comedy. You mentioned all your hip hop things. When's your next comedy gig? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I've been doing open mics, just working out material, starting, you know, because I, I came from Orange County um, about three years ago. And then when I came back, I kind of was, you know, just doing open mics because I had a, I needed some new material, some new stuff. And so right now, um, you know, 
you just follow you know if you follow me on facebook or on uh, instagram um all the you know the names i gave you for my instagram and facebook basically you can find out when i'm doing an open mic because a lot of times it's just kind of it's pretty random but as far as a, a comedy show i mean like this saturday i mean this friday uh, for my 420 show that's kind of what I've, i started doing was i i would um I would mend the comedy with the music. Oh, great. So it's like, I am doing a, a set, but it's not just a set. Sure. So I'm, I'll do some jokes, but then now a song comes. Sure, I'll sure. I'll do some more jokes, and then now another song. That's you know? great. So it's kind of, you know, I, I, it's not purely stand-up comedy. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it that. It's, and it's more pal- palatable for the whole audience, because not everybody wants to listen to jokes. All the, time. All the time, not yeah. really. Yeah. But um, I, I'm open to doing some some uh, more shows. So if anybody is um, out there that wants to put me on a, one of their gigs, I'll, I'll go for it. But um, yeah, I mean, at, at this point, it's just it's it's the music, and then as far as comedy, I, I think. I'm booking out shows in the next couple months. Some of them will be comedy shows. So. I have an idea, and I want you to do it with me, possibly, and we'll Definitely. talk after. One of the playoff games coming up with the Warriors, it would uh-huh. be fun to show it. We have a digital projector to uh-huh. project it on the wall and then do our own commentary, do comedy <laughs> commentary yeah. on top of the to Warriors game. Cause Always I, I totally things to say, right. And there's, there's, there's really funny. I mean, and when doing basketball commentary is really fun cause it's yeah. like really fast and all these things are happening. And, <laughs> and there's a lot of like, it's almost like sometimes they're shit talking each other, but you know, they aren't because they get a t- technical, but I've right. seen Draymond be like, fuck. <laughs> I've seen like Draymond yeah. Green saying fuck again. <laughs> yeah, I'm super down to do that. That'll be uh fun and hilarious. One of the things I do when I when I watch basketball is I, I watch it on mute most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Because the commentators suck. Yeah. They don't know what the heck they're talking they're ta- about. And they're talking about weird shit like yeah, themselves. They're yeah. like, when we had that barbecue last yeah. weekend. I'm like, remember that barbecue? What are you talking about, and, uh, you guys? Like, dude, I don't care about that. Talk about the game, dude. Yeah. So yeah, I'm always down to uh, to to put some of my own commentary on there that'd be hilarious because yeah, we'd, we'd basically just do it live on the air like this but watch it and have people come in and it could be really that'd be fun. hilarious yeah. yeah I'd be down cool. to do that yay sure. <laughs> thank you so much you have been an amazing guest awesome and thank I'm so, you and anytime you, you want to come back no no I don't <laughs> um, you, you're, it's great to have real Christians on here and awesome. the ones that have been on have been knocking it out of the park awesome. all the atheist comics it's like okay it's like tell me something new right <laughs> but th- this was great and whenever you want to come back you it's always have an open invitation because this was a really really great one and I'm awesome. super stoked thank you guys for listening to thank Some you. Call Me Tim uh, again check out JawanRubin.com and uh, listen to other things on Mutiny Radio we've got four open mics a week here come on by visit us Sundays 4 to 6 Mondays 6 to 8 Thursdays 7 to 9 nice. Fridays 6 to 8 and uh, try to come through yeah we'll be back next week with uh, Devora. and I know I'm not supposed to pronounce the D or something like that <laughs> it's uh Devora Kaslan or something like that. She's a comedian. Uh, thanks again, everybody. Bye.
tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for me five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a path. 
password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Barn Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. We've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen specials. Shot of Bullet Bourbon and a can of California Lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Yeah, it goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. 
I love their, their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2120. Uh, oh shit. Just, uh, Can I just hit this? an iPhone. All we need is an iPhone. Hey, everybody. Uh, if you are listening to Mutiny Radio, you just turned into Some Call Me Tim. Today's going to be a little bit different on Some Call Me Tim. Uh, my guest, I don't believe, is arriving today because I just... Anyways, let's get to the point. I have these amazing raps that uh, it's called Hot Dirty P and the Sheriff. Uh, I am Hot Dirty P, Pam Benjamin, and the sheriff is the sheriff of truth, LaToya Sharif Wynn. And we together made this whole grouping of songs. I'm going to play them all for you today. It's our album. 
They are all political. They were all one-offs. We did them live on the spot during the AltaCast. And we're trying to put them together in a way to get them out to more listeners. So thanks for listening to Some Call Me Tim. But today we are going to listen to the new hot album, Still Not Out. We're going to drop it soon. Hot Dirty P and the Sheriff. This was our first song, Susan Olson. Uh, Trump support. I, I think Trump supporters are funny to me, really. I don't think we should take them off the air all the time. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to. This is a this is a rap, rap background. We're going to rap to it. <laughs> we'll get a little bit beat. Hey there, little pussy. Let me get my big boy pants on and really take you on. What a snake in the grass. You are, you lying piece of shit. What? Too cowardly to confront me in real life. You do it on Facebook. You're the biggest faggot ass in the world. Biggest pussy, pussy, pussy. My dick is bigger than yours, which, which ain't saying much. What a true piece of shit you are, lying faggot. I hope you meet your karma slowly and painfully. Say slowly and painfully. I'm Susan Olsen. Oh, slowly. I said Susan Wise, you pathetic little cunt, you are. Hell is waiting for you. Enjoy. Uh, Hell is waiting for you. Enjoy. What? Hell is waiting for you. Enjoy. Slowly. What? Slowly. Slowly. We're going to see what happens uh, <laughs> here. As we, uh, we're going to bring up, uh, we're going to start with a little uh, West Coast gangster rap in the background, and we're going to see, we're going to see what happens. Here. God, I, I, I'm going to love this already. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. <laughs> Is it going? It should be going. It should be, we should be hearing it, and I do oh, can you put four up? Yep. There we go. Here, we'll start it over. Okay, here we go. Here we go. These are... Ariana Huffington is unattractive, both inside and out. What? I fully understand why her former husband left her for a man. What? For a man? For a man? For a man? For a man? Huffington, Huffington is unattractive, both inside and out. I fully understand why her former husband left her for Decision. Making good decisions. 
45, making good decisions. 45, are you still alive? Making good decisions. Meryl Streep, one of the most overrated actresses in Hollywood. Doesn't know me, but attacked last night at the Golden Globes. She's a Hillary flunky who lost big. She's a Hillary flunky, flunky. who lost big what? for the hundredth time. I never mocked a disabled reporter. Uh, 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 I would uh, never do that. No, uh, I would never do that. Uh, uh, simply showed him groveling when he totally changed a 16-year-old story that he'd written in order to make me look bad. <laughs> bad. Sad. Just more dishonest media. Oh, it's fake news. Fake news. We made a good decision. Did we make a good decision? I said no. I did make a good decision. What if I lie? So good decision. What if I lie? Can you imagine what outcry would be if Snoop Dogg's failing career and all had aimed and fired a gun at President Obama? How? Jail time. Jail time. Jail time. Negroes. Jail time. Jail time. Snoop Dogg. Oof, oof, oof. Any negative polls are just fake news. Just like CNN, ABC, NBC polls in the election. Sorry, people want border security and extreme vetting. Turn my mic on. Yeah. Want border security. And veterans rule Just must more dishonest media. Just more very dishonest media. Fake news. I will build a great wall. I will build a great wall. Whoa. And nobody builds walls better than me. I said nobody I builds walls better, better than, than me. me. Believe me. Believe that. I will build a great wall. A great wall. And no one builds walls better than me. And I'll build them very inexpensively. I will build a great wall. A great wall. Big great wall. Not China. And nobody builds walls better than me. Definitely not China, you see. I will build a great wall. A great wall. Believe me, and I'll build them very inexpensively. China. And I will make Mexico pay for that wall. Oh, Mexico gonna pay? Nah, not today. Not my words. Uh, not today. Not, not my today. words. <laughs> this, no. is, this is my favorite quote. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending the best. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. Rape? What? No. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending the best. They're rapists. And they're criminals, like the over office. And some, I assume, are good people. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's about today. Female body inspectors. Actually, that is, it's I guess, real. I guess that it's this real. is actually the FBI. Very real. Yeah, it's FBI female body inspectors. Oh. And uh, it's going to, we're going to, we're going to try it. We're going to see what happens here. Uh, I'm going to make some magic, yo. FBI magic. Oh. Tansu, Tansu, teaching you the language of language. Oh. Uh, 
Let's go. Get the beats down. Little Dr. Dre in the back. I say Dr. Dre for FBI director. Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre puts the shit down. Dr. Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre. He ain't gonna take no shit from anybody. He's just gonna put the shit down. He's gonna beat down. I recommend Big Bird because everyone in the government is a big turd. Yeah, Big Bird for FBI director. Female body inspector. Yeah, who else would be a good FBI director? I say Ronda Rousey. She gonna put the smack down. Smack bitch. Oh, smack down smack on everybody. I trust her. I trust Why her. Not? gonna put the smack down oh he's on fleet you know what i mean he strangles, jobs. strangles women too yeah that's what our government does yeah just strangling women strangling women if you want to apply to a job at the fbi just go to fbijobs.gov you could have some employment eligibility but don't, you probably don't if you smoke pot you don't see do drugs. can't have smoked pot in the past three years that's impossible here in san francisco who hasn't smoked pot in the past three hours i ain't got friends like that anymore <laughs> they did to me not gonna be a part of the fbi not gonna be in a director hey FBI. not i this ain't gonna happen who else can we charge of the FBI. I'm the director of everything in your life. Give me your money. I'm Tony Robbins and self-help. It's way better than Rudy Giuliani, right? <laughs> <laughs> FBI. Yeah. Gonna, the FBI. Trump's gonna let them for the FBI because anyone who doesn't believe in his Russian ties, I say he's gonna pick someone who really hates Clinton, who's gonna make her go to prison. It's gonna be sad and it might be great, but he's gonna really try to clean the slate with a new person in the FBI. Female body inspector. Who's gonna be the leader of the FBI? And I'm sure that it could run the FBI. I'm sure that it can take care of these important tasks. It's salty enough to find the criminals, prosecute them. Leader of the FBI. Yeah. C I A and D C A. What they got to me, I don't care. What about Charlie Sheen? Yay! We did Grizzly. I would imagine that there's probably a gun in the school. I would imagine there's probably a gun in the school. Bang, bang. To protect from potential grizzlies. Bang. Grizzly bears in Michigan. Didn't know there were grizzly bears in Michigan. Ever heard about Columbine? (laughs) There weren't no grizzlies, just a bunch of kids and cooks killing other kids. Don't worry, because at least they're buying guns, which is good for the economy, right? Betsy DeVos claimed that historically black colleges and universities are pioneers of school choice. What? 
that started from the fact that we're, there were too many students in America who didn't have equal access to education. Just, just segregation. Brown versus education, 1954. Not enough education, just segregation. Segregation, yeah. I love homeschooling and church schools and all that stuff, cause it's for segregation. Not education, segregation. Let's bring it back. Let's make America great again. Make America great again. Make America great again. When the white people were in charge. Yeah. Soft dark money. My family is the biggest contributor of soft money. Soft, soft. To the Republican National Committee. By my way in, by my way in. By my way, $47 million. Did it by my way in, did it by my way in. Yeah. I have decided to stop taking offense at the suggestion that we are buying influence. Oh, buying influence with our soft money. Buying influence with our soft money. Now I simply concede the point. They are right. We do expect something in return. For investment. Like a job, like a job, like, I don't know. How about education secretary? Oh, grizzly bears in classrooms. Oh, let's shoot them. We expect to foster a conservative governing philosophy consisting of limited government and respect for traditional American virtues. That word tradition again. And virtues. Oh, she means white. American virtues. She means white. American, American virtues. Oh, she, she means white. And we expect a return on our investment. She bought herself in. Bought herself in. She's white. We can... Okay, there we go. So we're going to be rapping to to the dulcet beat tones of uh, Iggy Azalea's no, Medi- no Mediocre Feet, which I think is what... Kellyanne Conway did is no mediocre feet here. Uh, oh, break it down. What you think about that, Sheriff? What? Are you gonna Are you gonna bring him the truth? Are we gonna bring it? Bring in the truth. About Absolutely. Skinny, skinny little ladies. Skinny rice little cakes. rice cakes. The rice cakes of news. There was an article this week that talked about how you can surveil someone through their phones, through their, certainly through their television sets, any numbers of different waves. And microwaves? Microwaves. And microwaves? Microwaves. They turn into cameras, etc. So you just know that's just a fact of modern life. Quick. Modern life. Quick. Water. What do you eat? Click. Kelly Ann Conway. Hot water. Hot water. Maybe some tea. There's no calories in tea, you see. Oh, uh, sorry, Kelly Ann. We're watching you. I think the big lesson to the political class is to stop listening so much to each other and start listening to the people. <laughs> political class, stop listening to each other. Gotta listen to the people. They're not listening to each other anyways. What could they
they be talking about? Maybe microwaves. Microwaves. The CIA is after you. After you. With your microwaves. The microwaves. They are actually listening to the people. We're watching you. Usually based on an economic agenda, white working class voters don't buy into this whole biology, chemistry, abortion, gender agenda as much as they want more take home pay. They want affordability. I want some money too. <laughs> affordability. Affordability with their abortions, usually based on an economic agenda. White working women voters don't buy into this whole biology, chemistry, abortion, gender agenda as much as they want more take home pay. Yeah, equality. Equality. Let's ratify the 19th Amendment. Uh, yeah, woman's suffrage. 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 She's out for suffrage. Watching you. Kellyanne Conway knows about suffrage. Because um, they're watching She's you. white, too. She is. And so thin. I thought we always just listen to thin, pretty women. Don't we just do that? They're yeah. clearly telling the truth. She is clearly telling the truth. Many Americans are very concerned with the lack of vetting that's going on. Show me your papers. Show me your papers. Show me that you belong here. Show me your papers. Show me your papers. Isn't that why they signed that new vetting act? Oh, oh no. If you don't show the papers, we might think you're a terrorist. What? Donald Trump has addressed many times that his main concern is making sure that we have a system in place that we completely lack now, which is those countries that tend to train and export and harbor terrorists where we do not have proper vetting are places where we're going to need to have better vetting. And he's made that very clear. Better vetting. Is it clear to you now? Yay! Yay! We did it again! Yay! We did it again! Yes! We did it! We're going to come we up with our mixtape. We did it. <laughs> well, one, one old man I don't like is uh, Pence. So let's uh, see what happens here. Let's see what happens with our right. new rap. Here we go. <clears throat> Homosexuals in the rank weakens unit cohesion. 
because homosexuals are weak. Is that what you're saying? Are you saying homosexuals are weak? I think that's it. Okay. I think that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. I think he's in that's the closet. In the closet. Penis. Yes. Is that what's happening? Yes. I always go to the dick. All rise, all rise for his master of spin, Mr. White House Chief Strategist in the Trump administration, 45's main liar, misogynist, racist, homophobe, Steve Bannon man. Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon man. Who is he? Oh, he's Steve, Steve Bannon man. He's Steve Man and Man. Oh, uh, the most hateful. The most hateful quotes. Hate that's nigga. Right. Bart is a hateful place. I couldn't share myself. Oh. No. Uh. Gay rights have made us dumber and it's time to get back in the closet. Hate, 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 hate. Steve, 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 Like a guard dog. Oh. Oh. Hoist it high and proud. The Confederate flag proclaims a glorious heritage. White is right. Oh, white is right. We're pretty 
racist against lots of things. Oh, Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. Trannies whine about hilarious Bruce Jenner billboard. He's still calling them trannies. Oh, the misogyny, the homophobe, the transphobia. I can't believe it. Birth control makes women unattractive and crazy. I said birth control makes women unattractive and crazy. What? It makes you fat. It makes your voice unsexy. It makes you a slut. Because it's Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. Big, big misogynist. Big, big hate. Gotta hate the Jews, gotta hate the ladies and all of you. Suck it up, buttercups. Dangerous faggot tour returns to colleges in September because he's Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. Steve, 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 you just kill yourself mm-hmm. i got a gun right here and off yourself now the solution to online harassment is simple women should just log off they're screwing up the internet for men by invading every single space we have online and ruining it with attention seeking needy demanding a touchy feeling form of feminism Steve Bannon to get cancer. Yeah, he looks like Steve, he Steve, does. Steve Bannon. Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. Oh. Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. 